Welcome to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. Hi, I'm Meredith Curtis. Welcome to Finish Well Podcast. This is episode 152, The Assault on Men and Masculinity. You know, if I had to pick one person I would not want to be right now, it would be a traditional man. In our culture, it feels like the number one villain is the masculine man and People ridicule him, they villainize him, and even cancel him. The world wants to change men right now into a feminized version of manhood that is impotent and ineffective. So today, we are going to look at what is going on and what you and I can do about it. Because let's face it, the world needs godly, strong men. The world needs men that will provide for their families, that will protect their families, that will lead their families and lead their churches and lead their communities. The world needs men that will defend the weak and rescue those in danger. We are so grateful for all of our moms, all of our daughters, all of our sisters, all of our aunts. But the truth is, we need men. And the more we have to live in a feminized culture, we see the impact of it. Men who don't have dads are more likely to end up in jail. Women who don't have dads are more likely to end up pregnant and unmarried. And we see this terrible thing happen where so many dads are not in their home. You know, one in four children go up without a dad in their home. They don't live with their dad. They just live with their mom. And so we really are looking at an epidemic. One of the things that I see so much happening to men is that they're feminized in subtle ways. It starts where They go to school and school, you know, school is kind of designed and set up for good little girls. There's a lot of sitting that little boys have to do. And if you know most little boys, little boys don't like to sit, not for long periods of time. They want to run and jump and climb. And then we have mostly women teachers in elementary school. Little boys who are masculine little boys are told to not be so aggressive and not be so competitive. Can't you be quiet like the girls over here? So we see that very early on, little boys are feeling like, wow, I'm not quiet. I'm not sensitive enough. I just want to run and jump. I don't want to sit still for six hours a day. And that begins to affect who they are and what they think about themselves. Am I okay, even though I'm not like all the girls in the front row? It goes on from there because men are constantly urged to be like women. Express your emotions. Be sensitive. Now, I am all for guys expressing their emotions, unless it's 
you know, really bad anger. <laughs> and I'm all for guys being sensitive. But the truth is, if we want men who are strong and who lead, they're not going to be as sensitive as our girlfriend. And so often I say to women, don't expect your husband to be your girlfriend. Don't expect him to want to do the things that girls do. Let him be who he is. Let him be a man and have a relationship with him as a friend with a man, with your husband who is not like you. That's part of the beauty of marriage that men and women are different. So we see that not only are men given this message that who they are isn't acceptable, they need to be more like women. At the same time, women are giving this message that who you are isn't okay. You need to be more like men. Now, here is the truth. It says, let us make man in our own image. So he made them male and female. That's directly from Genesis. When God was creating mankind, he made man in his image, man and woman in his image. And if you look at men and you look at women, you look at the way they're created physically, you look at the way they're created emotionally, and you see two very different reflections of our God. Now, it doesn't mean that in everything we're different. Obviously, that's not true. There's great women leaders. There's great men followers. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying there's not individual differences. But what I am saying is that God put something a little bit more aggressive in the heart of men. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Not only does our society try to belittle men and change who they are. They, Our society, our world, is filled with harmful things to tempt men away from being honorable and holy. There's pornography, there's anger, there's divorce, there's adultery, there's sexual immorality, there's drugs, drunkenness, smoking, criminal activity. All those things are temptations from the world. And fueled by Satan, Satan tempts us. And those things just get a hold of men. They get a hold of their hearts. Men are assaulted by invitations to pornography. They There is not an honor of marriage anymore. So just because a man is married or a woman, just because they're married, doesn't mean that the other people will not try to pursue them and try to have a relationship with them. So the truth is, if you destroy men, you have destroyed our culture. So what is going on underneath all this? Well, God loves families. He designed them. Satan hates families. He's out to destroy them. God set up the world to work through families. A man shall leave his father and mother and a woman her home, and they will come together and form a new family. So because men are the leaders of families, they are the main target. And not that single women cannot lead godly, wonderful homes, but if you ask any of them, they would much rather be partnering with a man who is leading their home. So God always comes through for single moms and becomes that leader in the home, that father figure in the home. But men are anointed especially to lead their families. God loves local churches, and Satan hates local churches. 
God designed local churches, Satan wants to destroy local churches. So because men lead local churches, again, they're the target. And what do you see so much if you visit church to church to church? Where are all the men? Are they home watching sports on TV? Are they home addicted to pornography and too ashamed to come to church? Are they Have they substituted being a godly man with hedonism, with seeking pleasure, with playing video games, with just watching TV all day? Well, there are so many things that Satan puts up to men as temptation, but you can see the fruit of it. The men are missing from the church, and it's a sad, sad thing. So what can we do about that? Well, first of all, we need to know what godly manhood looks like because it is so confusing. I'm not saying that godly men have to wear camouflage and carry weapons wherever they go, although if they want to, you know, whatever. But what does a godly man look like? A godly man is able to lead. Now, some men have real anointing as leaders. Some men are great at assisting. But all men are called to lead in their home, in their communities, in their churches. And so when you, God gifts men, especially with an anointing of leadership, men tend to be protective. God created them to protect, to defend the weak, to rescue the helpless, to be a hero, to come in and save the day. Men are called to be noble and honorable. I remember when I was a young girl way back in the 60s, and things were quite different then. Men were very different then for the most part. And one of the things my dad would always say is, keep your word. If you say yes, your yes is yes and your no is no. Because a man's word is his bond. A man's word is his honor. And so in my dad's mind, It was so dishonorable to be a liar. It was so dishonorable to say you would do something and then not do it. But if you look at the world today, I mean, I'm not trying to be critical, but I have so many situations where I see men lying. I see men saying they'll do something and never following through and never keeping their word. It is really, really sad. But that idea of being noble, of being honorable, of having integrity is not popular right now. But I'll tell you what, when men come along that are that way, wow, hearts just melt because that's what we want to see in men. Men are called to be courageous. Men are called to be courageous, brave. I know that if you read the book of Joshua, you just see over and over where God basically is saying, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. To be a man in this day and age requires a lot of strength and courage. It is not easy at all. And so if men are going to rise up and lead, they are going to have to be brave. They are going to have to be courageous. Men are called to be providers. Men are called to make a living and 
provide food and shelter and pay the bills for their family. And men are called to be hard workers. One of the biggest things that Satan has done in our day is to put obstacles into men working hard. I would say for little boys, you see video games, television, um, surfing the internet, all of these pleasure type, hedonistic type things that distract men from hard work. I know when my husband was growing up, every summer his dad was a teacher, so he was off for the summer. His dad would say, okay, guys, we're going to do our project. And it was either a building project or a gardening project. But it took so much hard work, so many hours every day for several months. And that was good for my husband. He is a really hard worker. My daddy was a really hard worker. And many of the men that I really respect in my life are very hard workers. My son-in-law, Diego, is a really hard worker. And um, my friend Cole, my friend Tim, Tim's sons, all of them really hard workers. And you watch them work and you feel so proud of them. They don't just work at a job. They come home and work. They go to the church and they work in the church. So they know the truth. All hard work brings a profit, whether it's caring for your home, whether it's serving in the church, whether it's earning your paycheck. All hard work brings a profit. One of the things that I love that gives us such a beautiful picture of manhood and womanhood is in 1 Thessalonians 2, where Paul is talking to the Thessalonians about his ministry to them. And he says, I was like a father to you. I challenged you. I exhorted you. I urged you to live life sold out to God. And then he said, and I was like a mother to you. I I loved you so much, I shared my life with you. I was warm and kind. So I love the thing he says, I was like a father and I was like a mother. And as moms, we tend to be nurturing and compassionate and we want to kiss all the boo-boos and make all the pain go away. But our husbands come along and they're like, this is what I want you to do. And they're urging our children and they're challenging them and they're exhorting them. Here's what you need to do. And we say, oh, my goodness, they're just so harsh. Yuck, yuck, yuck. But see, God created a mother and a father to be different. And I love the way Paul brings that up in his his letter. I mean, did he have any idea that the the roles of men and women would be so blurred in the 21st century? I don't know, but the Holy Spirit knew. And we can look at that and say, men, you are called to exhort and challenge and urge others to live lives worthy of God. And you are different. Mothers are more gentle. Men are more firm. And God made it that way. It's good. It's a good thing. So what can men do? Like, if you're a man and you're listening to this, what can you do to grow in being a godly man? Well, the first thing you can do is every day pray, Lord, make me the man you've called me to be. And then you can get together on some kind of regular basis to grow with other men in the Lord. I know in our church, once a month, there's a men night and a, a men night, a man's night. And the men get together and they spend time together and they get in the word together and they fellowship together and they really have a good time together. And it's a great time of building. 
You can overcome strongholds. If you're struggling, you might be struggling with pornography and you think, well, I struggle with pornography, so I guess I'm a failure, right? No. If you belong to Jesus, you can be set free from pornography. And if you don't belong to Jesus, then make a commitment to him. Surrender your life to him. Jesus is the bondage breaker, whether it's video games or pornography or drinking or just being selfish or greedy. God can set you free through the power of the cross. So do not be afraid and do not condemn yourself because Jesus is holding out freedom. So repent, ask him to forgive you and receive his freedom. Another thing that you can do is ignore the world. That is so hard because, you know what, I think more than women, men want the latest gadget, the latest laptop, the latest iPhone, you know, all this stuff. They want the latest power tool. And it's very hard to ignore the world. But you can ignore the world and not be caught up in the gimme, gimme, gimme's I have to have, I have to have. Or this is what the trend is now in this. Or this is what the fashion is now in this. You can ignore the world and you can get what you need and you can have the technology that you need. But you don't have to be getting things just because they're new and they're in. Or you don't have to be dressing in a certain way just because other people do. You don't have to be doing certain things or believing certain things because that's the popular way. Christians from the time that Jesus left the earth, they have walked a different path. They have been different. They have been little Christ. That's what Christian means, little Christ. They have been representing Christ in the earth. And we always will look different from the world. But if you look different from the world, but in your heart you're going, oh, I want to be like the world so bad, then you are going to have a problem. So you need to not just not be like the world, but ignore the world. Fill your life with the word of God and with people who live out the word of God and fellowship with those people and don't allow the influence of the world to corrupt you in your heart and, of course, in your life. Invest in your sons. If you're married and you have children, invest in your sons. If you're not married and you don't have children yet, invest in fatherless boys. Because we want to pass the baton of manhood. Well, I can't pass the baton of manhood. But if you're a man, you can pass the baton of manhood and be the man God has called you to be again. Becoming the man God has called you to be, it's not something that you that you arrive in. It's something that you keep growing in and you get closer and closer to Jesus. You begin to reflect him more and more and more. And he is truly the most masculine of all men that ever lived in the perfect way. And finally, what can women do? Well, girls, ladies, we can stop trying to make boys act like girls and men act like women. Get rid of expectations that feminize your brothers, your dad, your husband, your grandfather, your father. Get rid of those things and affirm men as the leaders God has called them to be. Follow their leadership. If a man is leading, follow. 
Now, I don't mean if he's leading you into temptation or sin, but I'm saying if he's following God and leading well, then be a follower and help men grow as leaders. Affirm men as leaders. Let them know that they're good leaders, that you really respect them. And respect and appreciate men, especially when they are acting like men. Say, I really appreciated how you came in and took control of that situation. Or I really appreciate the wisdom that you gave to this person. That was so profound. Wow, I really like that. Pray for men to rise up and live like Jesus. And again, don't expect your husband to be your girlfriend. And girls, don't look to the future and think, I want to marry a man who's super touchy-feely and who is going to be so emotional, just like my best friend. No, you want to marry a man who's going to protect you and provide for you and honor you. You look for men who open the door for you and who esteem you. What can parents do? So you're listening and you're thinking, oh, I have little boys. How can I raise them to be godly men? First of all, let boys hunt, fish, and play sports. Don't try to make your boys be like girls. If you're homeschooling your children, then let your boys have time to run around. Do active learning with them. Let them get their hands in stuff. Let them get dirty. Let them dig in the dirt. Let them plant a garden. Let them collect rocks. Allow little boys to be little boys. That doesn't mean they won't love to read. My grandson loves to read, but he also loves to climb climb trees, and he loves to dig in the dirt, and he loves learning with his hands, getting his hands dirty. Give your sons opportunities to lead and protect. In the olden days, there's so many scenes from old westerns, and this was true when I was a child, too. Yes, I know I'm very old. This was true when I was a, a child, too. So men would be off on a trip or something, and they would turn to the oldest son, and they would say, protect your mom, protect your brothers and sisters. And there was that passing of the baton. Now, if a man did that today, they would say, what? What? The mom can take care of herself? And goodness, why shouldn't it be the oldest girl? So we just reject that idea of men caring for women. But honestly, it's a beautiful thing when men and boys grow up feeling like, okay, dad's not here. I'm going to protect my mom. So, okay, that probably sounds old fashioned to you, but I stand behind that. I think it's a good thing. Require your sons to respect you, whether you're the dad or the mom. Men will be respected who show respect to the authorities in their life. And respect, learning to show respect, it bears a lot of fruit in a young man's life. Young women, too. Be alert for pornography. Protect your household from for, from pornography. And limit the amount of time you allow your son to be playing video games or watching TV, things like that. Give them time where they can't do screen time. They've got to do real lifetime. And you'll see that men, young men will develop a lot of different hobbies and even skills that they can use later on in life. Well, 
I hope I have given you some helpful tips and practical wisdom for being a blessing to the men in your life. And men, I hope I've challenged you a little because this assault on men and masculinity, it has to end if our culture is going to survive. Guys, men are needed to have prosperous, wise, honorable cultures. If the men are gotten rid of, if the manly men are gotten rid of, then toxic manhood will flood our city streets. If we, if we try to make men be like women, they honestly will not be. Some might, most of them will end up having to prove their masculinity in odd ways and many dangerous ways. So allow men to be men, applaud men that are men, and let's get rid of this toxic assault on manhood. You do your part, I'll do my part, and we will pray that God does a miracle. God bless you. I can't wait to see you next time. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.